Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. Whenever I hear people talk about, like, extreme weight loss journeys, especially Christian women, I, like, I want to know, like, you know, I want to know them, I want to compare stories, see how God moved it. But that night, I just knew, like, all right, that woman's different, like, and to hear something from her. So, yeah, here is Debbie Chandler. Uh, I would definitely allow you to introduce yourself. Um, tell the people a little bit about who you are, what you do, <laughs> what you care about, and then we'll just jump in to today's episode. I am Debbie Chandler. I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. I live in L.A. now. I've been out here for about 20 years now. And um, I am a group facilitator. Um, That is a group that helps women get a healing from their post-abortion, post-miscarriage wounds. I also am a life coach. I have clients in the evening. And um, I do a few speaking engagements. And of course, I'm a best-selling author. And my best-selling book, Soul Talk Volume 2, from the visionary author, Mm. Cheryl Pullett-Williamson out of Dallas, Texas. Man, let's let's like let's jump into that. Let's you know, in. Soul Talk 2 um is a compilation of various people's stories, right? So talk a little bit about like the essence of that book and then your particular story in the book. Okay. So what Cheryl does, she has eight anthologies. Mm-hmm. Soul Talk Volume 2 is of course Volume 2 to Soul Talk Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And she basically has anthologies with different authors in it and everybody's telling their story. So my story is I Shall Live. Mm. And that came from, the title of that came from the scripture, um, Psalm 118, 17, I shall not die, Mm -hmm. but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. Mm. And the reason why I chose that is because that story actually came out of my memoir. So Mm. my memoir was finished. My memoir actually was going to be published in April of 2018. But when I, when I, agreed to be a part of Soul Talk Volume 2, I put my my project on hold to Mm -hmm. put. And so I just pulled my story. I pulled my attempted suicide story out of my book and Mm -hmm. I put it in I Shall Live. Mm -hmm. It's not something I wanted to do. It's not something I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, because I did not want the world to know. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know if I was going to put it in my own book. Mm -hmm. But that's God, right? Mm -hmm. That's, That's just the hand of God. Um, and that's how we know that our plans are not his plans, mm. right? His The plans mm. that he has for us mm. is for us to prosper and mm. um, uh, not to do us any harm. Mm. And I can tell you the truth. Since that story has been out, um, it's getting a little buzz. Mm. And people are texting me. People are DMing me, inboxing me, saying, mm. oh, my God. First of all, I didn't know that you went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a similar story. Mm. So that's, for me... That's the greatest part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, not, mm-hmm. um, I thought it would be selling my books, right? Mm-hmm. Making the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But of the, course. Oh, my gosh. Right. But the greatest part is when someone makes a connection. Mm-hmm. Like, that has to be the greatest thing for me. When someone says, I'm so thankful that you put your story out mm-hmm. because I had a similar story and I was hiding it and I didn't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, so you're talking about I shall live, right? And mm-hmm. you're talking about like what it means not just to live physically, right? But right. to decide to like live a life where you're thriving after going through so much trauma. Yes. Talk yes. a little bit about that. Yes. Well, 
So my story is actually I'm with I'm one of my one of my titles can be an attempt survivor. So mm-hmm. an attempt survivor is someone who attempted suicide, mm-hmm. right? And so I did. I attempted suicide. Um, God said, no, that's not the way. Cut that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get on back to the other side. You have things to do. Mm. And um, so from there, I decided to live, mm. like really live. Mm-hmm. Like God gave me a second chance. Mm-hmm. And and so now that's my thing. Like like I'm building steam mm-hmm. in that area now. I mm-hmm. want people to live. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I. some people say to me, oh, well, that's not my story. Mm-hmm. No, you may not have tried to kill yourself mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. but what dreams do you have? Mm-hmm. What hopes do you have? Mm-hmm. What visions do you have? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, especially from my age group and before, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're young, we're in middle school, we're in high school, we have mm-hmm. all these dreams. Even in college, mm-hmm. we have women that graduate from college and then you get married and you have children mm-hmm. and you never go back to do mm-hmm. anything that this you wanted good. to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and then women become what 45 50 years old 55 and they feel like okay the kids are grown now Mm -hmm. my husband and I are just here I've done everything Mm -hmm. I have nothing else to do and that is not the case like once your children are grown and out the house it's your time to really sit with the Lord mm-hmm. and say, okay, Lord, you created me for a purpose. Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's just my whole movement now. Like mm-hmm. you shall live. Your mm-hmm. dream shall mm-hmm. live. What were you dreaming about? Mm-hmm. What visions did mm-hmm. you have? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what hopes do mm-hmm. you have for yourself? Mm-hmm. Don't let them die. Mm-hmm. Right? See, you know, what I think is dope about um, this podcast, plug myself real quick, <laughs> is that the, the main reason I started sharpening her iron in the first place was because I wanted to bridge that intergenerational gap or that generational gap and create yeah. a, a ministry and opportunity for women to connect mm-hmm. um, who are across the lifespan, right? So even like I'm sitting here not to put you on blast, oh, but like I'm 32. How old are you, Debbie? I'm 53. You're 53, right? And it's just like sometimes I come into contact with women and I'm very like, you know, uh, excited and youthful and you know like go after your dream to da 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 and it could it could come off in a way that like a 52 year old doesn't connect with me right or 53 year old because they're like yeah you're supposed to be excited about life right now of course you still have fervor and excitement or uh amb- and ambition in you or even a sense of aspiration because that's the age when you're supposed to and i feel like there's there's this idea that there's a cap on hope there's a cap on dreaming there's a cap on um pursuing your goals and living your best life. And so you being 53 years old and having so much in you, I mean, you've been through so much. I I, I tell people and I, <laughs> you, you spoke at my event a couple of weeks ago and when I was introducing you, which was such an honor, I got to introduce you as one of the living people, right? That mm. make you believe that God is real mm. because you see how much you've been through the trauma you've been through, the mm-hmm. abuse you've been through, the just the stuff you've yeah. been through. Yeah. And that the fact that like, like you said, they attempted suicide because of all that stuff. Because and of all of it. you're, you're at a place on, I would say quote unquote on the other side of that. And at 53 years old, you're dreaming and you're writing books and you're speaking and you're traveling. So what do you say to the person that's 47? That's 50. That's 53. That is stuck. How do they get unstuck? How do they declare I shall live? What does living look like? How do they get to that point of transition where they're no longer living in this lie that I'm too old? You have to believe Jesus. 
It's really that simple. It's, it's profoundly, Bishop said it's simplistically profound. You have to believe Jesus. And what I find is that I run into too many unbelieving believers. People go to church, like they believe in church, they believe in bishop, they believe in the choir, they believe in everything that's surrounding it. But the moment they leave, someone can call you and just they're falling apart. And I'm not I'm not talking about a crisis. Like I understand that we all have crisis, but there's too many unbelieving believers and I remember when I was sick and I was on my daughter's couch and I asked Jesus what was wrong with me and he asked me back, do you want to be well? If you want to be well, mm. pick up your mat and walk. And I don't know about anyone yeah. else, but I yeah. take Jesus literally. Yeah. Like when I'm reading the Bible and the red letters are there for a reason. I mean, yeah. I didn't go to seminary. You yeah. did, but I would think it's Jesus right. talking. It's, right. Jesus, it's talking. Jesus talking. And I don't know. That's something about me. If I'm going to church a hundred hours a week and mm -hmm. I'm in the choir and I'm doing all this stuff, can I believe him? Mm. Can I believe him? So how do you transition from unbelief or you say believe in believers? And I understand that to me is those who are believers, like they believe in the faith, they believe in Christianity, they believe in Jesus, but their lives don't reflect. They're not living out of faith in such a way that that faith is that belief is manifested in their everyday decisions. So how do you get from I do all the Christian stuff, mm -hmm. but my my mind is still stuck to I'm taking Jesus at his word and I'm going to start applying faith to my life and seeing the fruit of that. What does that literal shift look like? How does a person get up off their couch today and be like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I'll tell you how it happened for me. Okay. Okay. I'll tell I you how it that. happened for me. Yeah. Again, I asked Jesus what was wrong. He had to give me some answers. He said, do you want to be well? I said, yes. He said, get up to pick up your mat and walk. Hmm. And for me, it's, you, you, you got to be in his word. Like if you're going to church, you got, like it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Going to church goes hand in hand with reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of, mm -hmm. I hear a lot of Christians say, I don't understand the Bible. There's too many versions of the Bible nowadays. Mm -hmm. I, I can understand. I mean, at 12 years old, I learned how to read the King James, James Version without going to church. Yeah. That was just my gift. Mm. However, today, 19, in 2019, there's too many versions for us not to be able to read the word of God. And it is simplistically profound. We have, you have to read your Bible. Mm -hmm. It was just that simple. I had to get into God's word. I had to get a notebook. I had to get that word. I had to get an ink pen. I had to go to church. I had to record what Bishop was saying. I had to study those sermons afterward. I had to get the CD. I had to be in hot pursuit of Jesus. Mm. The same I like way. that. Hot, hot pursuit. pursuit. Hot, like, <laughs> it's not just this casual. Like if you were dating somebody and you really like them, you're not just going to casually handle them, right? No. not And most women, no. We're going to blow that beeper up. I'm right. I say beeper. You know, back in my day. <laughs> that, that, that beeper. <laughs> that pager. Now right. cell phone. Or even if you're not because you're trying to play like, I want him to pursue me. You you're at least you're talking your to your homegirl about him. You're trying to position yourself Listen. to be available so that you 
you can spend time with him. You studying him even when he don't know you studying him. So even even when you're trying to play it cool and not show, show yourself to be desperate to him, or you calling the homies, you want his Facebook page, you on his Instagram, you trying to figure out who this dude is, you trying to learn his background, you trying to learn those questions, you really trying to see if this is somebody I can be with. Yeah, we casually date God. We casually date Jesus. Like, and we're not trying to see if this is somebody I can really be with. Come on now. Come on now. Because if I handle Jesus the way I handle that dude I'm interested in. If I handle Jesus the way we handle those Instagram accounts. Come on. Those Facebook accounts. Come on. I don't even know how to Twitter. Come tweet, on. <laughs> tweet. Periscope. I don't tweet. know. I, don't, tweet, I, don't, tweet. I haven't even graduated. Snapchat. Chat me back. I don't, I don't, Since you are dating yourself, Danny, but I love it. I can't do all that. But I know people. Right. Every right. every social right. media platform they can get Killing on Killing the game. And then they'll they call They're finding me. every strategy. They'll, they know every, everything. everything. But they're falling apart in their mind, falling their relationships, apart. their career, whatever. Not even their career, but it's like their soul. They, they, they constantly need somebody else to patch it up. Always. And, and there's no... A bit, and don't get me wrong, I'm a pastor, right? So I mm-hmm. understand that there's a there's a role for us in in people's lives. Yes. But it often seems like that the things of this world, the external things, the career, the the um the education and these other things, we like we pursue them like crazy. And even like you said nowadays, or whether we're trying to start a vlog and we're on, on YouTube or me starting this blog, me trying to when I wanted to start this this, this um podcast, I like I told you before we even started talking, I called the homie up like, hey. I know you got a podcast. Can I take you to the coffee? I want to learn everything there is about your journey to podcasting. We don't do that with people that we respect their their, their plights with God. Yes. If there are people in your life that you see that there's something in them and that there's something they've tapped into with God that you want, take them out to coffee. Ask them about how they journey with God. Ask them about how they got from one stage to the next. We sit in our bed. We cry. We moan. We say, oh, God, show yourself to me. But we don't pursue we are not. God, the same way we do education, career, a dude, a girl, a car, or whatever it is that we want. We know everything there is about the latest episodes of whatever show we're watching. And all the details of those characters. Come we have now. full-on conversations with each other about the last episode. And don't get me wrong, I do it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't pursue my relationship in, with God and the cultivation of my soul, to your your point, Jesus is in what you say, hot demand, hot pursuit, hot pursuit of Jesus. The same way we do, knowing everything about all these other shows and what's going on with these characters' lives. Of course, of our soul course is empty. Our soul is empty. Of course, our soul is empty. Jesus said to me, I was 329 pounds. I could not walk. Mm. When I walked, my legs rubbed raw up under my breath, everything. Mm. And I just said to him, how, what, what is going on? I go to church too much. I sing too many gospel songs. I love Bishop Ulmer too much. Bishop Ulmer, Pastor Van, Bishop Neil Ellis, all of them. I love them too much mm-hmm. for this to be happening to me. For me to be sitting up under for all me, this word. Yes. And I can't and it's not take control of my life. life. That's yeah. right. Whew. And Jesus said to me, again, do you want to be well? Like mm. I heard, do you want to be well? Mm. And pick up your mat and walk. And for me, picking up my mat my next and question. walking uh-huh. was, and I, and this is me. I hear Jesus. 
go back to Wednesday night Bible study. Mm. I went back to Wednesday night Bible study. This was October 2011. Mm. Bishop McDaniel started in November 8th, I think it was, 2011. He started a series on fasting. Time flies. Oh, and I will never. That has changed my life forever. You learned about fasting. I learned about fasting and because I was desperate. Hmm. I was dead desperate. I made my way up into this church. And when I think about the way I looked that day, hmm. I'm not even recognizable in my own mind. Come on. My skin was well, gray. You, you recognize yourself. I had on some cap and I had on whatever I had on. Everything was washed out. Just washed gray. I was just, and I was desperate. And I know I, I had to have sat in the second or the third row. And I had a notebook. And I was just... He was talking about Woo. fasting and I was desperate. I was desperate. My soul was desperate. And I listened to everything he said. And he talked about the Ezra fast. And he talked about the Esther fast. And the Esther fast, he said, what's the saying? For desperate Desperate times cost for desperate, desperate measures. measures. Come on. He said, that's come a three. On. That's a three. You don't want it enough. Come on. You don't said, want it a, enough. Come on now. He said, that's a three day. No eat. No drinking. And I, I was sitting there. Like, I was like a kid. I was soaking it you in. You don't want it enough. That was a Wednesday night. I said, okay, Jesus, I don't know. But I tried it. That Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, oh, I was shaking. I was throwing up. I had diarrhea. It was horrible. But I did it. I think I had like a Got few you. sips of water. I said, Jesus, I have to sip. But I was desperate to be well. I was desperate. Mm. And at that time, also, there was someone in my life. And what I could not figure out is why was I sick? And why was every time I thought I loved him, I thought he loved me. But why is it that every time we talked, we felt the need to be rude to each other? I just didn't understand that. A guy you was dating was at the time? Guy, yes. Okay. I can't even or say. Or engaging. Engaging. Yeah. We, 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 we knew. Fellowship and win. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we had a mutual like for we each other. We had a mutual like okay. for each other. All right. Again, I, Jesus. Jesus said, if you lose the weight, you lose the weight. You lose the weight. All right. Huh? If you lose the weight in your life, mm. you've been molested. Mm. You've been raped. Mm. You've been date raped. Mm. Debbie! Domestic abuse from the mm. age of 14 to, to 19. You had a baby at 19. If you lose the weight. If you lose the you'll weight. You lose the weight. The weight, all of that is yeah. hurt, pain, yeah. guilt, it's the, shame. the spiritual manifesting itself in yes. the physical. Yes. Mm. And that's what people don't understand. Mm hmm. We don't understand as Christians. We don't spend enough time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I am. I'm so desperate and so passionate mm -hmm. about people understanding mm -hmm. that these illnesses, this the diseases and the disorders mm -hmm. that manifest mm -hmm. themselves in our body are a result of all the hurt, pain, guilt, and shame that we carry in our bodies. Our spiritual disconnectedness. Yes. Yes. And I started, again, I started going back mm. to, to church on Wednesday nights. I learned everything Bishop McDaniel Daniel had to teach us. I started going to acupuncture. And then, Lord have mercy. Hey, I someone started, just brought up acupuncture to me. Oh, that's the best thing. That's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I started going back to therapy. Come on. And I started having massage. Come because on. at that time, 
the facility that I was going to, they had me on eight different medications. And then when I got to 329 pounds, they said to me, oh, your weight, the pain. Oh, we're not going to talk about the pain Mm -hmm. I was in. Mm -hmm. Then they said I have fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And they said, you have it because you're overweight. But I wasn't overweight when I came to you with this Mm -hmm. pain. All the medication you gave me added added the weight on me. And you just, you don't know what's wrong? Mm. Jesus is the greatest physician ever. Come on. He's the great. He is Jehovah. He's a healer. He's still a healer. He's a healer. He's still a healer. But he told me, I I have to heal your soul. Mm. There's there's deep tissue wounds. Mm. There are wounds in you, Debbie, that are so deep, they're affecting your molecular makeup. Come on. I need to get inside of there. Mm. And so... Like women, you know, you want to lose weight, you start going to the gym. You know, everybody posts their 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 pictures on Facebook. Mm. Everybody got the little bra on mm. and the little pants. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said. If y'all can see Jesus said, the way she just described his little bra and pants. <laughs> continue, continue, Debbie. Got the little bra and little pants on. <laughs> Jesus said, I need you to run a marathon for me. Mm. I need you to run a marathon for me. I need you to just read and write, read and write. If I can just show Mm. someone my journals, my journal from 2012, 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. the stuff that's in there, I just, I'm, I'm amazed at it. But here's the thing, though, Debbie. A lot of times people get jaded by this concept of, like, doing something for God, right? Like, why do I have to do this for God? Or maybe it's just me, these thoughts that I had growing up. But the truth of the matter is, everything you do for God, you're really doing for you. You're doing it for yourself. Because I didn't do this. God doesn't need you. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need me. I needed him. Yeah. But but this this was... I had to get on this marathon. Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the, the writing and the yeah. reading. Yeah. That that was the what's the thing you get on your The job? elliptical. The elliptical. That was <laughs> Yeah. That was that was that was thing. It in. And the treadmill. Yeah. I mean, just nonstop yeah. reading, writing, reading, yeah. writing. Flipping yeah. through the pages, like talk to me, like, Jesus. To your point, it, it, it's it's like when we're trying to physically lose weight, especially when you like you you committed, you in it, you doing your meal prep. You in that gym maybe twice a day, at least once, two times a day. You getting your water in. Like, you are focused. You You're not pictures? letting people distract you, right? So, like, people, if we can put that amount of commitment to our physical bodies. But, you know, to certain seasons in your life, you're like, listen, I need my, my church. I need my journal. I need my worship playlist. I need my go-to podcast, my go-to YouTube channel, my go-to people that I have conversations yes. with, my go-to devotional. I need you need to set up a system in your life yes. to take care of your spirit, your soul, and your mind. Yes. The same way, if not more, than you would your body. Yes. We are so afraid to be alone. Hmm. We are so afraid to be alone. And Jesus said to me, you have to be alone. You have to separate yourself, Debbie. Forget about, I don't care who you like. I'm not even going to let that manifest. Mm. I need you. You need me. Mm. But I do need you. God does need us because he created us all for a purpose. Right. He, he decided that we he had purpose. He decided that we had purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I need you to get yourself together so you can do what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. But I needed him. Mm. 
so that I would not die again. Come but on. this death, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't physical in the mm. sense that I was going to lay down and be buried in a yeah. casket. There's nothing worse than wanting to die mm. and hating to live, but mm. you can't die. There's nothing worse than that. Hmm. That you you don't want to live, but you're really not even ready to die. Mm. You're just existing. There's nothing worse than that. Tell me about it. Jesus and Jesus for me, he was yelling at me. It's time to live. Come on, Debbie. Do you I want, died. But he said to you, Do you want to live? Do you, you want to be healed, right? Healing is a choice. That's what Steve Audubon said. He has a book. Do you want to be well? That's what Jesus said. And later hmm. I found out about Steve's book. Healing is a choice. Mm. It's a choice. This is what I want people to understand. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be. I'm not talking about a magic pill. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if you fast and you pray, um, the, the diseases that you live with are just going to go away. Yeah. Okay? Let me make that clear. There are times when I'm still, even now after my surgery, certain areas still are in pain. But believe me, it is nothing Compare. like it once was. Yeah. Because I'm able to, I, I'm able now. Right. I know. I know about energy. Yeah. Jesus has taught me so much. But yeah. here, here's the thing that I love, Liana. I'm going to tell you this. What I love about me is that God has me on this path to let women know, to let people in the church, in, in, in the congregation, mm-hmm. because... Someone said to me, well, you know, you're a minister. You're like a minister, a pastor. Stop right there. Nope. Mm. Not necessarily. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to seminary. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't have a pastor's title. I don't have a minister's title. Mm-hmm. I am a leader. I'm a group facilitator. Right? I'm a leader. I don't know long about ministry. But I'm not necessarily a minister. Mm-hmm. So that takes the weight off of. Or the excuse. Right, that you're something different than them. Exactly. Yeah. I sit with you I'm every Sunday. I'm in the pews I every know. Sunday. I have access to Jesus exactly, just like you Exactly, just do. like you. I'm a couple rows back from Bishop. In fact, I'm in the back. Yeah. So so there's no excuse yeah. that, you know, because that's the excuse too, mm-hmm. right? That, that oh, well, he's a preacher. She's a preacher. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposed to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. we have to be in hot pursuit. Mm. That's the phrase right we there. We have to be in hot pursuit of him. And I and I notice because women will call me and they are falling to pieces. And then while they're on the phone, I'll go to their account on Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> and I ask them. Well, what's up with this? What's, well, wasn't you just somewhere? Yes. Well, where was this? Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody even told me, oh, I just, I just post the good things. Well, therein lies a problem. Mm-hmm. Because that means you're not your authentic and You're self. spending so much time creating a persona creating. or an image of yourself that you, you can be putting that same energy into actually um, nurturing. Nurturing who, your, you, who are. you really are and what your actual experience is. Exactly. Yeah. Because, because if you have to create... An identity mm-hmm. on social media, mm-hmm. that means you have an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian, then our identity 
is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If you say you're a Christian, mm -hmm. you go to church, mm -hmm. then your identity is in, Christ, in, in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you don't find your identity in him, then who are you finding your identity in? Yeah, you're looking around all these other places trying to seek validation from things and people that are constantly fleeting and changing. And the, every time you look up, the culture is changing. What's in, what's in high demand? Who's the most popular celebrity right now? Like what's even social media? platforms right mm -hmm. one day it's facebook then it's twitter snapchat and then instagram gets uh instagram stories before you know it snapchat is not in high demand like it used to be if those become the the means by which we are are, are trying to stay up and i'm not saying not be connected to the culture you got to be connected yes. to the culture right yes. mm -hmm. i'm saying not allowing the culture to define who you are, you are not allowing it to be the standard not allowing it to be your foundation like i would rather my foundation be rooted in something that is never changing never changing that's never as consistent no matter what year you're in, what generation you're in. And that is the person and the work of Christ. That's period. It. That's it. Constant. Constant. You can read people who talked about Christ, not even just in the Bible, but outside of the Bible, thousands of years ago. And joy, the concept of joy is the same. Joy. The concept of peace is the same. Having your identity in Christ is the same. Having your moral um, compass being that of the God yes. is the same. Yes. Now, the way you might apply that may look different in your culture. Mm -hmm. But the essence of who God is, is the same. And I would rather my identity be rooted in a person and a God that is never changing, never changing and constantly at work. Constantly at work. He's constantly at work in me. I am 53 years old. Yeah. But he's constantly yeah. at work. And, and But who you were at 35 is not who you are at 53. Not who I am at 53. But who God saw you to be was always the same. Always the same. Your work at between 35 and 53 was you. Moving closer into the identity of who Christ said you already were. Yes. Yes. And and what I want to do is I want to also dispel the myth that, oh, well, you're an old lady now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because that another another young lady said it to me. Well, you're old. You, you can go to church now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I had stayed focused at 30... At 35, mm. if I had kept my focus mm. on Jesus, he would have what? Kept me in perfect peace. Mm. But I didn't keep my focus on him. Mm. I allowed myself mm -hmm. to go down paths, mm -hmm. to go down, go places like Bishop say, mm. the sins yeah. that take you farther than you want to go, make yeah. you stay longer than you should have stayed, and make you pay more than and you ever thought it would cost. Oh my gosh. And you know what's crazy? You just said it like, and I'm 32 years old, and so depending on who I'm talking to, I feel older, I feel young, right? Depending on, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm also like a youth pastor, a college pastor, so I'll have kids start off the conversation with me like, Pastor Yana, back in your day, and I'm like, stop, <laughs> rewind, don't ever use that phrase with me again. <laughs> like, what is back in your day? This is my day. I am still young, but then I'm talking to my mentors and big sisters, and they're like, oh, Liana, you're so young. Right. You still have so much life left to live. But I bring that up to say, you brought up the point about like oh you're old now now you can go to church now you, of course you're going to church of course you're and I think sometimes young people and I hate that phrase but young people mm -hmm. quote unquote treat 
faith or relationship with Christ or routine relationship with Christ like a retirement plan. Yeah. Like AARP, I will graduate to that at some point. I will get my senior citizen discount. Yes. Like I will do my Jesus thing later on. Let me live. Let me live right now. Yo, and Lord. I think part of right, but I think part of that is because of the message that previous generations yes. have. And so what you what you will find sometimes in churches, um, um, pastors or even people that are speaking about their relationship with Christ, they will glorify their past. Mm. And then they'll be like, but then I met Jesus. So it, it will come off in a way like the golden years, the good old days when I was, you know, out here partying and doing this and doing that. And they don't show always the the cost of living that life. So it seems glorified. And then it's like, but then I got right with Christ. And then it seems like, but then that became the boring days. And that became the days of like, you let go of any, any sign of, uh, of, of like, thrill. Of, of, right, right. Right. And so I, talk to that a little bit because you've lived a life. And even though you know Jesus from a young age and that wasn't necessarily introduced to you from church, like God just showed himself to you in, in, in the middle of your trauma. Yeah. And that probably kind of was what sustained you. You yes. know what I'm saying? Until yes. you you got to a place where you had a routine like religious you know yeah. a cycle with god but talk about this whole pre-jesus thing and kind of dispel some of those myths about um uh life for christ being like an aarp if you know what i'm saying like talk yeah, about no, that no i get it i get it um what i will say is my life i've always known jesus mm-hmm. or the presence of him mm-hmm. has always been there for me mm-hmm. I did not apply myself until I was I fell on my face. Mm-hmm. And to dispel the myth that oh life was great and I lived my life. No, my life was hell mm-hmm. while I was not applying Jesus to my life. Mm-hmm. So let me dispel that myth that oh no. What I wish is that I wish that I could have had Jesus to have the fun that I'm having now because I've always been who I am. I've always been a life coach. There's mm-hmm. always been someone at my house uh, telling me about their problems right, or right. having me figure things out for mm-hmm. them. I've always knew how to read and write. I've always had a sense of who mm-hmm. God was in the spiritual world, mm-hmm. but because I didn't set him first, I didn't. Yeah. I just didn't know how to um, create our routine. Yeah, and I say this in my book. I didn't... God introduced himself to me Mm. in the midst of a mess. Mm. But there was such a tornado around me Mm. that for me, God was just a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was... For me, he was just a survival mechanism. And I didn't know how to take the word of God and make it applicable to my daily life. I didn't know how to do that because I didn't have anyone doing it. Mm. And because my life was tumultuous and Mm. there's things that happened to me at my church, I was judged a lot. So it was almost like I was ostracized. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't have anyone to really run to and, and, and uh, put my latch on to to help mature mm-hmm. me and grow mm-hmm. me in Christ. Mm-hmm. But I praise God for his mm-hmm. grace and his mercy mm-hmm. that never left me. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell any young man or woman, but mm-hmm. mostly women because I'm a woman and I've been through some things. At a young age, I beseech you, mm-hmm. my brethren, my sister, and mm-hmm. find someone 
that mm-hmm. you can that will help you latch on to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Find someone mm-hmm. that will sit across for you from you with a notebook, with the ink pen, with a box of Kleenex, mm-hmm. with the Bible, mm-hmm. and you go through it. That hot pursuit. And hot pursuit. You you must be in hot pursuit of him. In addition to everything else you do, you must be in hot pursuit of Jesus. Hmm. That is the only thing. I know that's the only thing that saved my life. Mm. That's the only thing that gives me 30-year-old joy now. Mm. And that's the wonderful thing about him. He'll go backward. Mm. And I heard Bishop Neil Ellis say that. He's like, it doesn't matter what you think you've lost. Jesus, God is so God that he can reach back into time and pull it all the way up here. And we are having church right here. You will not, you will feel like you haven't missed a beat. And that's how I feel now. He restores. He restores. He's such a restorer. He restores. And that's what's on my cards. He restores. Coach Debbie Chandler, the restoration Come coach, on. Joel 225. I Come will on. restore to you. Come on. I will restore to you everything. I don't canker worms. Everything that the locust has stolen. Come on. And I haven't gotten everything yet because bishops, I heard bishops say one day in church, somebody asked him. Um, have you lived your best days? And he said, no, not yet, because I'm yet. still living. I'm still living. And so God has not restored everything back Which is to hope me. to the Which older saint, right? Yes. You think yes. they always talk about the past, like no, the good old days. No, it's not the good old days. My latter days are way come better. <laughs> way better than my, oh, come on. Come on. I know I look better now. I know I feel better. Come on, Debbie. I don't I don't dance as fast. You got to make I don't me shout and take laughs around this little office. But I feel so great. Yeah. At 53 years old. Yeah. I feel so great. And I feel more great mm-hmm. because God has sexually restored me. Mm-hmm. If I can say this. Hey, hey this listen. God has sexually take it restored to church. me. Sexual restoration and integrity. That's my ministry. And that's my mission. I want women to understand Mm. that God can restore your sexual integrity. Come on. You don't have to feel dirty no matter what you've been through. Mm. No matter what someone has done to you. Come on. It's been a long time since I felt this good Mm. and felt this free. I feel a episode part two coming on. Listen, come on. Just on that. Just on sexual restoration. Just on that. Jesus can do anything. Come on. Anything. Come on. There is nothing impossible. There are some scriptures that people need to get. And yeah. I mean, have it deep like in there. deep in your heart. Deep in there. there is nothing like really deep. You in have there. to know. Yeah. You got to know. It that has you to know be an affirmation know. and a declaration. Yeah. Yeah. I can really do all things through Christ Jesus. Yeah. I really can. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you will do everything. Yeah. But but when you get the in touch with him, you'll know. You'll know what he told you to do. I know what he told me to do. Mm. There is not one woman that I will sit across from and coach her mm-hmm. who will not walk away from me a better woman. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he created me to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not one small group that I will facilitate mm. that women at the end of those 13, 16 weeks won't walk away 
feeling mm-hmm. like they've had a breakthrough mm-hmm. because that's what he created me to do. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way that you said it. I had a professor in college say, you're setting your kids up when you tell them they can do and be anything they want to be. When you start, he said, you don't start. He said, don't start like that. You you raise your kids to believe that they can be who God intended them to be. Yes. And so the pursuit of their life is to figure out, God, why did you put me on yes. this earth? That's and when it. I get connected with that, I'm unstoppable because I'm living on purpose in purpose and so it's like it's no it's not that you can do anything because you can't do anything that's what i could do all things through christ because the assumption is i can do the things christ calls me to do i can do the things christ empowers me to do i can do the things that god and his divine mind when he thought me up Mm -hmm. and decided yup I'm putting her in the earth. He had a plan and an intention for his creation. So it is my job when I get here to get back connected with the creator, to be able to say, God, what was your intention for me? So like you said, when I'm leading my small groups and I'm coaching these women, I'm taking them through sexual integrity and restoration. Like there is, there is a blessing in that. And there is bound to be fruit from that because it's what God God intended for my life. That's what he called me to do. That's what he called me to do. I used to think I was a singer. Yeah. I'm not a singer. I have a cute little voice, but I'm not a singer. Mm. 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 So I just hung that up. Someone said, oh, no, you never know what God. I do know what God wants for me. Mm-hmm. I do know that that's mm-hmm. not it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I love my shower in my bedroom. Yeah. And I'll sing all I want. Yeah. But that's not what I'm meant to do. That's, yeah. not, that's not the thing that I'm called to. I know what I'm called to do. Mm. But it took some work. It took some time for me to sit with Jesus Mm -hmm. and find my identity in him. Mm -hmm. I want to say this, though, Debbie, because it just came to me. Not only did it take that, but you had to live the past 52 years of your life to even be at this place where you can pour into women the way God has called you to right now. Mm -hmm. And so while some women are despising or feeling like they're too old, you right on time. I am. For some women, not just you, but the, there's a mm-hmm. woman listening to this podcast right now that God is saying to her, those years were not in vain. They were not. And that's my thing. They weren't in vain. That everything, and I, I'm very careful because I do not believe God puts us through things just so that he can use them. You know how people say, oh, you got raped so that you can minister to people who've been raped or you went through this. I personally don't believe that. I believe there is sin in the world Mm -hmm. and I believe that people uh, uh, rebel against God. Mm -hmm. And when they rebel against God, evil and harmful things happen to us. The Bible talks about this. Mm -hmm. I also believe that the Bible says God uses all things for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. So even those acts of rebellion that have detrimentally affected our lives, God uses them as a part of the ministry that he has for us on earth while he is in the process of redeeming this all this whole thing i'm not about to get into no end times conversation (laughs) and my whole theology on what god is doing but i'm very careful not to tell anybody that god ever intended for you to go through some of the things that you went through those are acts of evil and they are derived out of evil right but god can still use that he can still use it and bless you and the lives of other people that are connected to you so here you are at 53 years old writing books and starting ministries and working on content and facility i mean just being called upon and the best is yet to come 
for your life. And so I just want to be able to encourage somebody else that maybe listen to this, whether they're 35 or they're 53, that they can see that my story has purpose. Yes. There's purpose in the pain. Yeah. There is purpose in the pain. Yeah. I would have never thought. Yeah. I would have never thought. Yeah. The pain is mm-hmm. painful. It was painful. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Um, when I think about the yeah. ages that I was mm-hmm. and the things that happened mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. that's hurtful. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's not debilitating, mm-hmm. but it's hurtful if I'm looking from an outside. Like, yeah. Like that's hurtful to happen yeah. to any 10 year old, any 12 yeah. year old, any 13 yeah. year old. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. And that's the next thing. That's the next thing that keeps me going. I'm grateful that you're even in my life. No, I'm serious. Like I'm grateful that we have this platform. Yes. To help some people. Yes. That somebody's on their way to work right now on their way to school, maybe at home. Like I need a job, like whatever. Somebody's in a hard place right now and they're able to listen to your story and not even physically touch you or be, but they can gain God is using this for somebody right now while they're listening to it. This is part of somebody's hot pursuit. Mm-hmm. This, this con- th- listening to this podcast right now is a is is someone had their aha moment with Jesus. Somebody has had their shift in their mind right now. Mm-hmm. I know because I know what that has been for me listening to other people's stories, mm-hmm. going to conferences or listening to YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or reading books for people I've never met. But God using that content from their life to shift something in me. That's how real I know it is. Mm. So when I start this podcast, I'm like, because I know it works. Mm -hmm. I know when people show up and authentically give themselves and decide Mm -hmm. that God can use them, Mm -hmm. that there's somebody else on the other side of that receiving from God. I know that right now. Somebody's wiping tears from their eyes. They're talking to God. They're like, all right, God, let's do this. They're pulling their journal out. They're saving it. They're sending it to the homie. Like, (laughs) listen to this. Because somebody's life is being affected by this right now. Here's my question to you, Debbie. If you can leave, like, one nugget. If if you was having one last conversation with a listener. One last conversation from everything you lived in the past 53 years of your life. Mm -hmm. All your experience with Jesus. If you had one last conversation, what would you say? Stay in hot pursuit of Jesus. The devil is a liar and Jesus is the truth. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Stay in hot pursuit of Jesus. Amen. That's what's up. Debbie, tell the people about you. How can they stay connected with you? Give them your website, your social media handle. Like, How can they get more of this goodness? My website is CoachDebbieChandler.com. On my website, you can purchase my book, Soul Talk Volume 2, and you can get my t-shirt. My t-shirt is not just a t-shirt, it's a movement. I Shall Live, and my social media handles on Facebook, I'm just simply Debbie Chandler, and on Instagram, I am Coach Debbie Chandler, and that's it. 
Well, you hear it, folks, right here, sharpen her iron conversations with dope women. Yes, yes, yes. I look forward to connecting with you all next week, and we're just going to show up every week, have dope conversations with women like Debbie, and uh, grow. Let's grow together, learn more nuggets about Jesus and how we can apply this to our everyday lives. All right, I'll check you guys out next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at TheQueenLiana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.